Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. In for Bill today. He'll be back in the air chair tomorrow. I'm with you for the next two hours along with Tom. Andrew Bogish on the updates. It is a very interesting like week in sports because there's not a lot of games happening. But then, then again, there kind of are. Like there are things happening. Things are occurring. There was obviously the break that Major League Baseball takes for the home run derby and the All Star Game, so that's going on. The NBA has got its summer league, so there are like things to watch. Uh, Wimbledon's going on. You know, there's there's tennis to watch. Uh, you've got a young American making some inroads. So there's there's stuff going on the the Gold Cup in soccer. I found myself caring about this USA Canada quarterfinal match more than I ever thought I would the other night. USA USA of course got the dub uh, with apologies to our friends in Canada. Nice little rivalry that's budding, of course. So there are things going on. MLB draft was on Sunday, but there it's not like as you know the games aren't really the the dominant story right now. It's like trade deadline stuff and, you know, maybe the Webb and Yama debut. And, you know, that's that's typical this time of the year. And everybody kind of takes a break and takes an all-star break themselves. But then you've got these two battling stories that really have nothing to do with each other. But it's two, I'll say, high-profile coaches. Bob Huggins, for sure, with uh, his long career. Uh, he's at West Virginia. Well, was at West Virginia. Thinks he's still back at West Virginia. So we'll talk about him a little later. And then you've got Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach at Northwestern, which, again, Northwestern, when you think of the Big Ten and football or really any sport, you think of Ohio State, you think of Michigan, you think of Penn State. Uh, you might throw an Iowa in there, Wisconsin. Is Nebraska in there? Oh, yeah, Nebraska's in there now. You, you think of uh, a bunch of these schools. Purdue maybe comes up. It takes a while before you come up with Northwestern. You know, it's a smaller school on a smaller campus. They've got um, a lot of people in, in sports media that have come through there because they've got a great journalism program. And the journalism program that they have there is kind of why the story that is happening there is coming to light with these allegations of hazing for all this time. Pat Fitzgerald's been the coach at Northwestern for 17 years. And he's also, he played at Northwestern. So he is like, he is Northwestern. In his tenure at Northwestern, 
he's at about a 500 record, you know, maybe a little better. They've won bowl games. They had a year where they um, went to, I mean, they were 10 and three a few years. I was going to say Rose Bowl, but I, that was, that was 1995. <laughs> Darnell Autry was 30 years ago. I forget about that. But they've been to bowl games. They've had some 10-win seasons. You know, nobody's ever really taking them seriously for the college football championship. And they have snuck in a Big Ten title game a time or two when everybody else was kind of bad in their division. But it's just been like a it's, – it's, it's, it's basically a program that is on the schedule. Don't overlook them. They could beat you. A lot of teams overlook them, especially if you play them on a crappy weather day in October – at their home stadium, there's been good teams that have gone in there and lost. And that's kind of, it's kind of like a gotcha game on the schedule. You know, there's good there's good athletes that have come through there. It's certainly, I'm not belittling its existence as a football program. It's just, it's Northwestern. It's, it's like Northwestern is in the Big Ten, like uh, Vanderbilt is in the SEC. It's like the last school you think of, and you don't think much of them, but they could surprise you, whatever. So we, we know what Northwestern is. What we didn't know is the years and years and years of hazing and abuse that have reportedly gone on in this program. Details came to light. This has all been happening, at least the details, within the last week about the hazing situation that's going on at Northwestern. So what happened was they found out some details and the university did an investigation where they acknowledged that there was widespread hazing in the program. They have a camp across the border in Wisconsin. There was some hazing going on there. Other wherever there wherever hazing could have been, hazing was. It seemed like. So what Northwestern did was said, "Nah, this is probably bad." Pat, that's a suspension, two weeks. Now at first I thought that I thought he got suspended for two games, and I I thought that was light. I thought, ah, oh, geez, there's hazing going on. You get suspended for the first two games of your schedule, which is usually non-conference, you know, by games. Then I realized, oh no, this is this is two game this is two weeks in the middle of the summer where they're not doing anything anyway. That's a pretty light suspension. You know, it's still two weeks non pay, which, you know, everybody's got to adjust, but that's a pretty light suspension if there is widespread hazing going on in your program. What they found out over the weekend was that it might be a little worse than they were initially told. A lot of players have come out and talked about this. Now, many have done so anonymously, which is going to open up the counter-argument to this, which I'll talk about in a second. But one player detailed such as this. I want to shed light on this illegal behavior. I want illegal behavior out of the program. There is a barbaric and egregious culture that ultimately lies on the shoulders of the head coach. What there was at Northwestern, according to reports and allegedly, and I'll say all that, was this group of older players called the Shrek Gang. They would lead the hazing activities such as running, usually against the younger guys, the freshmen. And the running was like, we got into the territory of doing th- making them be naked when doing things. Like, they're going to get run. There was some like just inappropriate gestures, and I think there was uh, some like they made the f- quarterback and the center do the snap exchange nude. There were other nude things that happened in the shower. 
There was also uh, unrelated to the naked part, this Gatorade challenge where they would make people drink a bunch of Gatorade for 10 minutes before they'd puke it up. Just Just unnecessary hazing things that probably didn't need to happen in this program. Hazing in itself is something that I'm still surprised happens to the level of, of which it happens. Hazing is something that you think of like, oh, the, the freshman, you got duct tape to the goal pole, right? That's the first thing when I think of hazing that comes to mind. That sucks to be the freshman, and the older guys can have some fun, and you leave them up there for an hour. I mean, that's, it, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. But I think it is something that programs have realized is kind of messed up. I mean, there's no reason for us to be doing this. All you're really doing is punishing players for choosing to come to this program. And some of the guys they're supposed to look up to are the ones that are hazing them. So I thought on the whole, like hazing is something that should be getting phased out or for the most part was getting phased out. Cause these people, you know, the, the problem is it's hard to speak up if you don't know the repercussions of speaking up, you know, it's been a problem for a long time. What's going to happen then to me, am I going to get somehow in more trouble, even though something was done to me you know, so on and so forth. This is why it's hard for me. And again, I'll, I'll say all this from an opinion standpoint. It's hard for me to think when Pat Fitzgerald puts out a statement of his innocence, uh, he says, it's a tremendous honor to have led the team. I take pride. Uh, I did not know. I'm surprised about this. It was a two week suspension. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting fired. I'm surprised this is all all this is happening. Basically downplaying and saying he was not aware of this and certainly the levels at, at which it happened. I'd be surprised about that if that was true. When you're the coach somewhere for 17 years, you kind of have an idea of what's going on in your program. I feel like when you're the coach, when you're a college coach as well, college coaches, if there was one adjective or one way I would use to describe a college coach, it's not clueless or ambivalent or unaware. These guys are some of the most hyper detailed, too detailed. They're too detailed. They, they know too much. They, they, they have their hands in everything. And yes, there's some delegation that goes on. And, you know, some of these guys get older. Maybe they're like, if you're like 80 years old, you're more of a figurehead. But Pat Fitzgerald is still a very young man, and he is a he's a coach. He's a he's a player, a former player, an alum who knows a lot about this Northwestern program. There was a video that someone showed uh, online that they dug up from ten years ago, where he says hazing's bad. We're phasing it out, and he seems to not have taken his own advice. I just have a hard time believing the head coach when there's ten or eleven or whatever anonymous guys. And one guy that did attach his name to it, when there's 10 or 11 guys speaking out now, I have a hard time believing that the coach that was overseeing everything is the one that's right, and all these other 10 or 11 guys are making it up. And there are some allegations of that. Uh, Danny Cannell has been tweeting some stuff. Some of the guys from OutKick are Team Fitzgerald, you know, and they're trying to say, like, keyboard warriors are getting this guy fired. First of all, this is Pat. I don't want to, like, again, with all due respect, Pat Fitzgerald, like, as a coach, probably should have gotten fired. He, he was 1-11 last year, 3-9 the year before that. 
That's a four and twenty record in the last two years in a conference which is only getting bigger and stronger. And so I wonder why Northwestern needs to hang on to him in the first place. We're not we're not knocking you know Nick Saban off his pedestal here. We're talking about a guy who has never really been that big of a leader of a of a strong program. He's just been the alumni that stays. He's had other opportunities. Why didn't he want to take those other opportunities? Did he not want any of this to come to light? I just don't understand how hazing still exists. I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't get how anything naked needs to happen. I mean, I've been in I've been in team sports showers where, you know, you get in and you get out, but some of these guys like hold court in there and then they're snapping towels. And what are we doing? Well, why, why, why are we doing that? That's awful. It's an awful, it's an awful experience. Even if there's no intention of like being a hazer or a bad person, it's already a weird thing. I, so I don't get why that needs to exist in these programs. And I don't get how, if you're a coach and there was, there was allegations that Pat knew about this because he would like make the, the symbols that these guys had to go on Shrek runs. And there's a picture of a whiteboard that has the players names and, and what they have to do. So there's a lot of stuff in this situation that does not, it does not look like Pat Fitzgerald did not know what was going on, at least some extent of it. Maybe he's aware and says, all right, that's your thing. I'll turn my eye. But even that I think is a fireable offense because this is your program. This is your institution. This is, this has got your name on it. And ultimately you're in control and in charge of it. What does Pat Fitzgerald do now? Well, he put out a statement, as I mentioned, where he thinks this is, I mean, he does not want to be fired. He says, I've dedicated myself wholeheartedly to nurturing our players as athletes and students. Uh, The overwhelming amount of players we coach have given us positive feedback. I am taking the necessary steps now to protect my rights in accordance with the law. So he's going to fight for his job, and he's going to deny through this allegations. I try to, the one thing I do wonder is if, because people have been accused of stuff in life, in sports, and they have been innocent. I wonder, what's the play? Like, Tom, if I if I got accused of something awful, what am I supposed to do? Some people say, well, don't do anything, because then it's just shining light on it, but you got to say something. I would, like, put, they're like, guys, I, I like, I'd do a video I don't know that this statement just seems to me like it's a, well, I got to fight for my job. I got to fight for my, I might as well just like try to get as much money as I can out of this. They're going to try to fire me with cause, at least give me some money. This seems like a going through the motion thing. I don't feel like a, a passionate plea of guys, 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 please believe me. I didn't do this. I feel like this has the look of going through the motions. That's exactly what it feels like to me, Bart. This is, I don't know what else to do right now. A kind of a panic move. I have to say something. So let me say that I'm completely 100% innocent. It feels like my world's falling apart. This thing that I was trying to keep secret that I never really thought would come to light. So I didn't try too hard to keep it secret is now out there. And now what is my first step? What is my next move? And so that, that, that's what it seems like to me. I don't know what else I would do. I would be stunned if at this point, and again, we're going on reporting, we're going on allegations here. We're going on all this stuff. But I would be stunned if it comes out now two weeks later that a bunch of players wanted Pat Fitzgerald to be fired. They made up this whole entire scheme, and Pat Fitzgerald knew nothing that was happening, 
anyway, or uh, he this did happen and we're just going to like pin it on Pat, even though he didn't know what was going on. It just seems like usually the most likely scenario is the truest outcome. And it seems like that is, that is the case. And it's a bigger problem just all over college. This is not the only, I, I, I know this is not the only institution where there's been some sort of hazing like this that goes on. The problem is it seems so organized like hazing's going to happen. Like, hey, rookie, you know, push. Give me my milk. You know, give me my go. Go get that for me. Ah, you're a rookie. Hey, pick up, pick up the cones after practice. That's, I mean, all right. The rookies pick up the cones after practice. Okay, but this is a level that like really messes with you psychologically. And you've heard the the one guy that that spoke out said he's still dealing with like a PTSD situation from it, and it's very hard for these guys to then like adjust or adapt or, or put that behind them. This is a program that, you know, imagine Pat Fitzgerald coming into your living room, talking to your mom and dad, saying how great the Northwestern culture is, and then you go to Northwestern, and this is the most awful thing you've ever experienced. And so I think this needs to be a warning sign, too, for other coaches and other programs that if they know any of this that's going on, they have to shut it down. Maybe even come forward and say, man, I just see what's happening to Pat. I there's something that's going on with some of my seniors. I know I know that it's going on. I haven't done a good enough job to stop it. I'm letting my young men down and and I got to do better than that. That you would like that to happen. I think what will happen is if there are programs that have a similar thing happening here, they will they will just try to shut it down and and not even which is just shut it down. It's, it's 2023. I don't even care if it's 2023, 1980, 1950, 1920. This hazing thing we're all about these team bonding exercises, team building, and yet you immediately have guys come into a program where it's uh, it's like the worst thing that ever happened to them. And the people that are doing the hazing usually were two, three, four years ago the ones hazed themselves. Like, this doesn't need to be a fraternity. This just needs to be a football team where you try to grow and win games and learn lessons. That's what I hear from guys that play college football all the time. You know, I, I I could work with anybody. I could go through hell and back with anybody, but no one's ever going to understand me like my brothers on that offensive line. You shouldn't need to go through this to get to that. And so I do not think it's going to end well for Pat Fitzgerald. And you would hope that, if anything else, this is kind of a warning shot and maybe end some of the other stuff that we're going to find out about. 855-212-4227. I'm Bart Winkler. Those thoughts are all of my own accord. So I don't, I just, I have a hard time thinking that Pat Fitzgerald is going to get exonerated out of this. But again, innocent till proven guilty. 855-212-4227, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. In for Bill Writer, I am Bart Winkler, emanating from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Home of the 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Potential home of the 2023 NBA Summer League champion Milwaukee Bucks, huh? They're two and zero. We'll talk some. We'll talk some summer league today. We'll talk some NBA Cup today. This thing, which the the NBA Cup is going to be fun if we all don't like if we let it be fun and don't take it super seriously. The problem is, I think the commissioner is taking it way too seriously, and Adam Silver. So we'll jump into that maybe a little bit later or next hour. Certainly stay with us. Join us if you can. 855-212-4227. Also on the Odyssey app, wherever you are, free to listen to and free to download. The All-Star Game is tonight. I'm a big All-Star Game guy myself in general. It doesn't matter the sport. I love All-Star Games. I love getting everybody together. It's like watching all your favorite shows and then there's a big crossover event. Oh, wow. Stabler's on the SVU with uh, Benson. Oh, okay, this is great. Big Law & Order guy also. But I'm a big All-Star Game guy, and I like seeing everybody get together. And then you, I like to watch the games. I think aesthetically the best thing to do is make them wear their actual uniforms instead of the stuff they market and sell. But they haven't done that in a long time. NBA should do that too. It's just a very uh, easy way to to make the All-Star Game look cooler. We always do. This is a good week. Um, in sports radio for how do you make the all-star game better? How do you, uh, should the, we do it all the time. The all-star game's good. The all-star game's fine. I think the all-star game itself in baseball is the most like a real game that we get in any of the other sports football. Obviously now they've just abandoned it in general. The NBA very uh, like offensively minded. I'll say, until maybe the last five minutes of the game or with the Elam ending that they've been doing. MLB, it's closer to a game because it's it's the same thing. You know, it's it's not as strenuous. You just go up there and you try to pitch and you try to hit. And they're going to try to do some cool stuff tonight. I think the idea at some point is uh, Fox wants to mic up a pitcher and a batter as they're facing each other. We've already seen them mic up guys, and that's been a nice way to do it. This is a nice way to get to know one of these guys a little bit more. Uh, is have them talk. I still remember like the first time they did it with Charlie Blackman, and I've never looked at Charlie Blackman the same because I think he's like he it was cool to watch him do that. Bryce Harper's done it a few times. Uh, it would be cool if they could get these guys mic'd up. Just you know, a different kind of situation, and you can do that kind of stuff because it is an exhibition game, and it doesn't count for anything. The biggest overreaction in all time of sports ever was when baseball decided that all star games couldn't be tied. Who cares? 
We're out of players. All right, go home. Well, what were we going to do if we didn't get a winner in the All-Star game? Would we have ever remembered who won that All-Star game? Do we remember who won last year's All-Star game? I'm going to guess it was the American League just because I feel like they always do win. It's also not as cool as it used to be because these guys do see each other more throughout the year, right? With interleague play, now everybody plays everybody. You know, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the best teams in the American League. You've got the Atlanta Braves, one of the best teams in the National League. You would not get to see those guys be on the same field unless they played in the World Series or the All-Star Game, but they just played a series this weekend against each other. So it does sort of tamper down like how neat it is to see those kind of guys on the same field. But the All-Star Game is what it is. I do think, though, that the Home Run Derby seems to have like elevated itself in recent like it's always been cool but it feels like the home run derby is even getting bigger and better and i think from like a pop culture standpoint or a like a zeitgeist thing cuz i like to follow what's going on on social media during games and it's a good way uh to to find out like what's happening if if you can't be able to watch it last night i was putting my son to bed which is a routine Got the, the stories, then he wants you to tell a story, then he, you know, my kid's doing a very good job of stalling lately, where he looks like his eyes are out, and he goes, Daddy, I want some water, and then, okay, then he drinks all of his water, Daddy, I want some more water, oh, we're out of water, now we gotta go downstairs and get the water, so he's, you know, it's, it's challenging, so I'm trying to find out what's going on in the All-Star Derby, or the Home Run Derby, and I didn't have, like, a good app for it to find out who's doing what, so I go to Twitter, still, and I'm looking at, and people are like memeing, you know, one guy's pitcher was awful, so they're all memeing him, and, and then uh, Julio had a big round, so I can watch Julio Rodriguez have a big round, and people are all kind, it just feels like the All-Star game is something that's more ingrained in the pop culture, or that we all like community watch, rather than the All-Star game tonight, the Home Run Derby, I should say, is more of a community gathering event than the All-Star game itself tonight, still like the All-Star game. But I don't know that anything that happens in the All-Star game is going to resonate like some of the things that happened in in the Home Run Derby. And then you have guys and their dads throwing to them. And it just, I feel like in the last 10 years, I can remember more moments from Home Run Derbies than I can All-Star games. What All-Star game, I haven't prepped for this at all. I haven't like looked at, and what All-Star game memories can I think of right now? I can think of... Tory Hunter robbing Barry Bonds, but that was 20 years ago. I can think of Cal Ripken getting a home run. That was 20 years ago. I can think of uh, Carlton Fisk taking out the – that was that was 40 years ago, the Pete Rowe. I can think of I, – I don't know. What's happened in the last 10 years? But I can think of home run derbies. I remember uh, Todd Frazier winning in Cincinnati. I remember – Pete Alonzo having back-to-back massive years. I remember Bryce Harper and his dad and doing that in Philly. Is that, Tom, I'll ask you, is that a me thing? Is that a normal person thing? I just feel like the home run derby sticks with me more. There's more moments created in that game rather than the all-star game where really what the all-star game is, it's close to baseball, but everybody can throw 100 now, especially if you only have to throw for one inning. 
So I feel like every game is 3-2 with five solo shots. Bart, in the last 20 years, you named more moments than I was thinking of. I mean, as you were talking, I was trying to go through it, and you named more than me, so kudos to you. So uh, I think we're normal, although I don't know if people would call us normal by any stretch, but no, no All-Star does not. They don't, they don't bring the moments like it used to. Like it's, I like that it exists, and it's a good game, and I watch it, but I don't. nothing sticks with me. I can't remember anything that happened last year. Okay, I was right. The American League won three to two. So that must have been in my brain somehow. The American League has actually won nine years in a row. Jeez. Well, so, but I can't, like, nothing else sticks with me. The only other thing that honestly sticks with me is being in Milwaukee. Josh Hader pitched an inning, and uh, then some old tweets came out from lyrics he tweeted years ago, and he got, uh, like, in trouble. That's really the only other thing that I can happen from an all-star game the last few years. And that might just be because it was, you know, it happened to one of my guys uh, on the team that I root for in the Brewers. Still love the all-star game. Still think it's great. Uh, love the, love the home run derby. It just feels like the home run derby has kind of taken over a little bit. The, um, the, like the pop culture standpoint in the zeitgeist, a word I keep saying. But it will be fun tonight, and then guys have a day off uh, on Wednesday. I would still like – I'm always trying to have baseball do new ideas. I would still like there to be one game on Thursday night between two of the premier teams to get us back into the second half. It would be unfair to two teams, I know, shorten up their break. But I would like a game on Thursday night because otherwise they just start it all on Friday. Even have a day game Friday or a couple day games Friday, like back to baseball and have a bunch of games during the day. Baseball, there should be a day game every day in baseball. I, I will I will keep yelling at that. I don't understand how there's not. Figure it out. Uh, have a day game every day in baseball. Kids are home. People are home. Gamblers looking for something to bet on. Have a day game in baseball and have it televised somewhere each and every day, not just Wednesdays and random Wrigley Fridays. I will give baseball some credit for what they did with the MLB draft. This was a draft that for years just happened and we didn't know about it. Then they tried to spruce it up a little bit, threw it on the MLB network on a Tuesday in uh, July when there were games going on. Now it's Sunday night, prime time. It was at uh, Lumen Field, Lumen Field, where the Seahawks play. It's in Seattle, so you've got people there to cover it that can then cover the home run derby and the all-star game. So I think they've done a better job of making it as big as they can. The draft will never be as big as the other sports, because a lot of these guys, then they go away for a few years. Some of the top picks might get to the big leagues quicker, but a lot of these guys that your favorite team drafted, you're not going to see for a handful of years. And so it's hard for baseball to like get you excited for someone you're not going to see for a while and get you excited for like most, most teams. What did your, what did your team do? You drafted a guy from a high school. You never heard of him. You check out his stats. You say, oh, this guy could be pretty good. And then you think, oh, maybe I'll see him in three years. But baseball, I think, has done everything that they can to make the draft seem as important and attractive for fans to check it out as they can. It's just the nature of the sport kind of holds back a little bit of it being at the NBA level or certainly the NFL level. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. We'll talk some NBA and the League's Cup. Uh, I mentioned that there's two kind of coach stories happening right now at the same time, Pat Fitzgerald and then Bob Huggins. 
So each like day, there's new morsels of what's going on. And, and these coaches are fighting for their jobs. And Pat Fitzgerald's fighting for his because he says, no, 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 I, I did not know about all this. You, you can't fire me like this. You, you gave me a two-week suspension. Now you're firing me? That That can't be right. And Bob Huggins is like, I never quit this job that I actually did quit. So that's a little that's a little weirder. CBS Sports Radio, future Radio Hall of Famer on the updates, Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. 855-212-4227. That's a phone number. You can call it. Talk to us, us being Tom and myself, Bart, in for Bill Ryder today. We got Buy or Sell coming up next hour. We'll talk a little baseball next hour. Because baseball, I, I think baseball is in a good spot with in terms of the storylines and things that are happening. People are talking about the baseball. I just feel like for the last four or five years, we've been talking about the contracts or the COVID schedule or the uh, the CBA, and we're actually talking about baseball. And there's a lot of guys that are big names on teams that are not doing well that may get traded. Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, someone from the Mets, maybe some of these Cardinals. Could be a very interesting trade deadline. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk some baseball. The summer league is going on. TV executives very happy with the NBA Summer League as the Victor Webb and Yama games have drawn a massive audience. Uh, they will have to take, though, what they've gotten because he is not playing anymore. He's going to be he's going to be done for the Summer League, which, okay, does he need to keep playing? No. Is it Was it nice to see him play? Absolutely. You know, the first game, he did struggle. Like, he was bad. It was not a good game. That was not a good outing for him. Were there some nerves? I think that there were. Also, the summer league format, like when I was watching the second half of that game, because I saw online, like I said, you, you go on the social media and see what, what people are talking about. Everyone's like, oh, Victor Webb and Yama, biggest flop ever. I thought, you can't make that determination one game into a summer league game. Then I'm watching the summer league game, and yeah, you know, the shooting was a little off, and maybe he didn't have that dominance in like the stature, but he also was not getting the ball from, <laughs> from anybody. He's playing with a bunch of other guys that are also trying to make a name for themselves. They don't put that Spurs jersey on in the morning and say, all right, man, you've come this far. You're going to take that court and set up Victor Webb and Yama so that people can get their money's worth for the highlight show they paid for. No, you put on that jersey, you look in the mirror and say, this might be my last chance to make the NBA. i got to do everything I can. And if I've got a shot that I can take, I'm going to take it. If I, if I could pass it to number one draft pick or maybe make a move and, and charge the rim, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to show like that I'm a player too. 
So I think the format, uh, not great. But then he comes out game two, dominates. Everybody that had that initial take is like, okay, that was dumb. Uh, I, I shouldn't have thought that. Now, we'll see him in the regular season. There's still going to be a lot of like living up to this enormous, enormous uh, expectation that we're putting on him a lot more than he's putting on himself. You know, it's just that we've never seen a guy this big that can play like a guard uh, that well. He's not out there saying, I'm going to be the best ever. He's not out there saying, you guys, make sure you hype me up. He's out there saying, I didn't know what I was doing. So he's, uh, it's much the opposite. And the Spurs, I think that's why everybody, for the most part, NBA-wise, yeah, you want him on your team, but if you want him to succeed, what better environment can he be in than a, a team that has had success, especially with drafting number one guys, especially with drafting number one guys that had a lot of potential. It's not like they just drafted number one in a year where Anthony Bennett was the number one pick. It was Tim Duncan. It was David Robinson. It was guys that had a lot of hype around them and then were able to deliver and exceed that hype. So I think we can all rest easy on Victor Webanyama. But I and I don't know, you know, about these guys and, and their intentions, but they are also playing for a championship. Okay? There is a summer league championship. Now what happens is everybody plays four games and then they take two of the teams that are undefeated and they play for a title. They play a bonus game. But seven or eight teams end up undefeated, so I'm not really sure how they determine. It must be by points. But if Victor Webanyama is not serious about a Summer League championship, what does that mean for the future of the NBA and their players for the NBA Cup, the in-season tournament that's coming next year? Ultimately, I don't think it's something to get like worked up about. Like, this is going to fail or this is stupid because we got to see you know, what happens. Uh, I was in on Sunday doing my Sunday show, and I was talking about this with E.J. Stewart, uh, who you hear from time to time on these shows. And he said that he was more excited than any ever before. <laughs> he's a, he's so excited that there's regular season games that will feel different. And ultimately, yeah, they're going to be in the beginning of the season when a lot of people are still dipping their toe into the water of the NBA, and we're going to watch some games and say, ah, this don't matter till Christmas anyway. Now you're adding some forced excitement, but you're adding some excitement where there maybe wasn't any. I think for this to succeed, well, so here's the problem that I have with it, with the, with the, with the tournament. It's that Adam Silver really, like, he, I think he's trying too hard. That's what it is. Adam Silver sees what's happening with soccer overseas, and what he sees is that there is a league, I think the Premier League, the English Premier League, if you know about it, if you don't, is a good example for this because they can win different trophies throughout the season. They play a season. There's no playoff. The winner of the regular season wins the league. Okay? Then, they, if you're a top four team, you go into a playoff across all of Europe. That's the Champions League. You can win another trophy. And there's, like, not just one league in England. There's, like, seven. So those leagues all play each other in a very large tournament. And uh, it's, like, knockout style. And you can win that tournament. And there's a lot of history behind that, and it's a different format. So it's really, it is three separate real tournaments that you can win. One with your league, one with all of the leagues, and one with the top teams in Europe. That's why you can do these other competitions throughout the season. Basketball, you can't do that. There's 30 teams, and you're having another tournament when you already have a tournament with the same teams. You're just going to label it something different and, and slap a title on it. So he's try. I get what he's trying to do. I don't think he has the 
resources or the structure available to have it be as big as what it is in England and soccer and the model that he's following. Now he's coming out and saying, oh, you know, I, I, you know, we don't know. It'll take time. Maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. And again, what's the worst thing that could happen? It sucks. And two teams played an extra game. Now, if those team, two teams play an extra game and somebody gets hurt, that's probably the worst thing that could happen. But the worst thing that could happen is that teams don't take it seriously and it sucks. At least that's the initial thought of it. I think a couple of things I want to say about this league's cup tournament or NBA cup. I think it would actually be more successful if like it was quote unquote bad. Like if, if like the Charlotte Hornets win the league, win the NBA cup and they do it against like the bench team of the uh, warriors and then they can raise a banner and and like really lean into the joke part of it. Like when Mitch Trubisky won the MVP on that Nickelodeon game or when UCF was undefeated but did not win a college football tournament, they did not win the playoff, you like lean into it kind of tongue-in-cheek, then I think it can succeed a little bit. If we can meme this thing, that'd be a little funny. Also, here's a question. Let me be the first to pose this. Who needs a NBA Cup tournament win the most? Who needs it? Because there's gonna be we're gonna say a lot, we're gonna say a lot of ridiculous things about this tournament, and I want to get them all out now. Here's some of the things we'll say. Oh boy, Victor Webanyama and the Spurs. They won the, the NBA Cup. Is this the first of many championships that he will win? Is he already bring like we'll take it very seriously? But then there could be weird things that happen. You could have guys that have been playing forever that don't have a ring. What if Chris Paul wins an NBA Cup? I mean, does he even want to? Is that going to be part of his legacy? How about this one? What if LeBron James wins? And then LeBron stands when they argue against Michael Jordan stands can say, well, yeah, well, Michael may be 6-0 in the finals, but has he ever won an NBA Cup? Mm-hmm. No, he never has. So I know, Tom, you guys were talking about yesterday, like if the stars make it good, then it will be good. But I actually think the weirder and funnier it is, maybe the more successful it could be. We got to lean into the weird with this tournament. I don't know if if leaning into the weird is going to carry across for the casual fan, though. Like, I think the casual fan needs the star power, needs the big names that they've heard of before. So the casual fan, let's say it's uh, the Lakers versus the Celtics. And isn't it who that this tournament is, is is placating to? Don't you think they're trying to get the casual fan involved because they know that the NBA regular season is diminished so much because of load management guys playing 45 to 50 games? Well, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to think this out. So I'm I'm telling a casual fan, let me let me think of a casual fan. I'm going to say, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to go to the bar and watch the NBA Cup final?" And he'll say, "The what now?" I'll say, oh, they've been playing a tournament uh, in the finals tonight. What about the regular season? Oh, the games count as the regular season. Oh, okay. Uh, who's who's playing in it? Well, it's the Lakers and LeBron. And, uh, well, Anthony Davis isn't going to play because he got hurt last week. He hurt a fingernail. But uh, LeBron's going to play. And then they're going to play against the Celtics. Oh, Lakers-Celtics? Yeah, I'm down. He's going to watch the game. It'll be competitive. And then the Silver's going to hand out a trophy. And then my casual fan friend's going to say, Cool, cool. So now what? I was like, no, that was it. They won. They won the NBA Cup. Oh, like the NBA Finals? No, it's just some new tournament, like like the Maui Invitational. Oh, so that's it? Yep. Does it count for the regular season? No, they just played for this. Are they going to hang a banner? Not sure if teams care. 
Well, then what did I just spend $80 at this bar for? To hang with me. That's how I envision a scenario going. Yeah, and I think you're right at first, but if this thing can, you know, if we can get a few seasons of this thing, I think we got to give it some time here. I think the I agree. Play, I think the play-in has been successful up until this point, and I think everybody bashed it when uh, when Silver threw out that idea. What needs to happen is one of these teams that are awful needs to just, like, go all in towards the NBA Cup. Be like, that's our thing. And then strategize and try to win this NBA Cup. The NBA Cup, the first three years, needs to be won by, like, the Wizards. And they need to be the dominant. And they need to start, like, selling merch and putting uh, stars on their jersey and gold on their jersey like you do when you win the championship. I think I think it's going to have a lot more success if it leans into the absurdity of what this thing is rather than if we get, um, you know, Denver and Milwaukee playing in it. That's what I think. I, I think it's got to be weird. But we'll see, ultimately. It's something different. Look, I, I, there's this one thing that um, Brewers manager Craig Council has said a lot that really sticks with me when leagues change things. We would ask him about these rules, and he'd say, we'd be like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think about the extra inning rule? And he'd be like, I don't know. Like, at some point, we talk about all this stuff, and we have opinions on it, but we never see what it looks like. So how about we just do it and see what it looks like and if it's good, we'll know it's good and we'll keep it. And if it sucks, we'll just get rid of it and pretend like it never happened. So it's going to add some intrigue to basketball in November. I think that's good. I do think, though, the weirder it gets, the more we'll get into it. We'll talk some MLB. A lot of trades could happen, but will they? Bart Winkler and for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 